<laughs> he like pulls it up over his wrist. Are we recording in this one? Are we testing it right now? Check, check. One, two, three. Sit and talk like test. Because are we gonna talk like this? Actually, or won't we in a movie? Just, <laughs> we Welcome to spoilers. <laughs> if you're Jewish, we don't mean to offend you. Uh, today we are we're gonna watch each other talk. We're gonna watch each other talk <laughs> while it's weird. while we watch uh, the Meyerowitz stories starring Meyerowitzki. Uh, is it Meyerowitzki? Meyerowitzowski. Wazowski. The, the, Meyer, the Mike Wazowski. The Meyer. <laughs> the Meyerowitz Mike Wazowski stories. Starring, as from what I can far as far as I can remember in the trailer, is Ben Stiller, Adam Sandler, and uh, Dustin Hoffman. Well, I had a question for Josh, but he just left the table. Does anyone know why we're spoiling this movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it comes out today on Netflix. And Friday the Thirteenth. Friday the Thirteenth. And I don't think it's scary, but can we call the spooky spoiler? Ooh, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared I'm going to waste a lot of my time watching yeah. this. Yeah. It's going to be two hours closer to death. I'm really afraid it's going to be a pretentious Adam Sandler movie, but we shall see. Is, is that like the Jewish dream team? Yeah, that's pretty solid. Like, if, you, if you're... <laughs> I'm just saying, if you were going to, like, on a basketball court full of actors, if you were going to throw, like, the Jewish dream team out there, wouldn't those three be your backcourt at least? Isn't Dustin Hoffman like a method actor? Like, was he doing that on an edit? <laughs> <laughs> was he like Daniel Day-Lewis thing hit the whole time? I don't, I don't think it's gonna be good. What's I, the last time? It's funny like, you bring that up because yeah. I think um, what movie was Dustin Hoffman in where where he's a runner? I don't know. Well, it wasn't the. Uh, he's not in Chariots of Fire, is he? Was it like the loneliness of the long distance run? No, it's not. I can't remember, but there's yeah. supposed to be a scene where he's like out of breath. And like before they hit, started the camera, he was like doing wind sprints back and forth. And one of his co-star goes, co-stars go, uh, why don't you try acting? It's a little easier. <laughs> <laughs> Meryl Streep hates him. Seriously? Why does Meryl Streep hate him? From like Kramer versus Kramer. Like they got in fights and he would like emotionally abuse her right before the scene would start, like, for real. Jesus. And she'd be, like, crying, like, go. <laughs> like, 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 yeah, it's called want. acting, Dustin. Like, take it easy. <laughs> I mean, there's those famous, like, Daniel Day-Lewis stories, like, about method actors where... I think it was Last Mohicans where he like built his own shed and was hunting his own game yeah. three months before shooting started. <laughs> and like with my left foot, he had to, he was like in a wheelchair, refused to shower, and got carried around set the whole time. But regardless, Dustin Hoffman, Ben Stiller, and Adam Sandler haven't had a good movie in quite a while. The Cobbler Man. <laughs> Cobbler was a great flick. <laughs> well, you gave Sandy Stevie Wexler, yeah. Sandy Wexler <laughs> a yes. I was drinking heavily and I laughed my ass off the whole time. I don't know why. I like Walter Mitty. That's a pretty good Ben Stiller movie, I think. That's the one where he runs out. It's like a yeah, it futuristic like, yeah. Forrest Gump. Forrest yeah. Gump, yeah. It's yeah, pretty good. Goes it was entertaining, it. yeah. The New York Times said Adam Sandler was a revelation in this movie. I didn't read beyond the <laughs> title, but I don't know what that means. Does it Fake run, news. Does it have a Tomatoes score? Yeah, is there a... I don't know. Let's just wait till after. Let's, yeah, yeah, let's go and run. You guys ready I to... Feel like the, you guys ever thought that, like... It's almost midnight. I mean, we're gonna start the movie while it's still, like, the release day. Yeah. Do you guys ever think that, though? Like, looking at Rotten Tomatoes before the movie is kind of a mistake? Do you have a piece of paper in your hair? Do I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I and we're gonna go watch the movie now. We're gonna go to the theater to watch the Netflix movie. Okay. I got your shoes. We can... <laughs> Start up a car, Pat. <laughs> I don't know if this place is a client. That's why we could get the table so last minute. That's why they gave us this bigger table. I imagine we'll send some complimentary stuff, too. $55 for a steak. We're known for their meat here. And $35 for a salmon? You get the salmon to blow you for that price? We're back. Podcast. <laughs> I just, okay, I'd like to start off by saying that this is my first time back in Indiana in 10 months, and the first time I've gotten to see you guys, and it is a night I'll never forget. <laughs> For all the wrong reasons. For all the wrong reasons. Sandy Wexler. What, what, what is this called? 
Walewski stories. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the name of it. The Meyerwitz stories. The Wachowski sisters. <laughs> <laughs> Cutting edge. So we just watched that film. Josh, you're the one that enjoyed this movie. Why don't you kick us off? That's a very loose way to say that I didn't enjoy it very much. Um, did, any, did anybody here enjoy it? Like at all? No. I enjoyed some scenes, but not the I whole I enjoyed thing. like two scenes. What scenes did we enjoy? What scenes were good? Um, well, we should start off by saying this whole thing is broken down into title card sequences. It's, yeah, it's like a Wes yeah. Anderson Not junior. Not amateur at all. Yeah. Or Quentin Tarantino, yeah. Tarantino's that, but uh... Yeah, this person just seems... Like, whoever wrote and directed this, I think it was Noah Baumbach, however you say his name. Noah Bongwater. Noah Bongwater. <laughs> it seemed like he watched a... Oh! Oh my god. Josh! He's on top of the mic. people got no <laughs> Take two. Take two. <laughs> Noah Von... Noah Baumbach just seemed like he wanted to watch a bunch of Wes Anderson and Tarantino and wrote a pretentious movie. Okay, yeah, so it's the first title card is Adam Sandler. Just Danny. This is called Danny. Yeah, let's break that down, though. It's Adam Sandler's Justin character. Hoffman, right? Those two guys. It's, but it's Adam Sandler's yeah, 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 third. Yeah. Kind of. Third. Third of the movie. Right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. His, and, his piece interacting with the dad character played mm-hmm. by Dustin Hoffman. And he's very much like looking up to Dustin Hoffman. And Dustin Hoffman comes up as an actor who hasn't prepared very much yeah. and is just reading his lines directly from a teleprompter. He does not give a fuck about any of these things. <laughs> he's, so not, he's not method acting in that first At one point he goes, the Mets just got into a double. <laughs> <laughs> you said it better. That's what he... I know you can't see there on the podcast, but he raised his hands when he said that. More than, he did. Yeah. And Dustin Hoffman did not move any part of his body. Which is cool, hilarious, because we were just saying how he's this method actor. Like, he's so serious in his roles, and he's just phoning it in. The whole... Yeah, Dustin Hoffman is a, uh... uh, uh, He's... Simba days. (laughs) Yeah, you can tell he's not all there mentally, but... That's just his character, but... Wait, his character or him? His character, right? His character is not there mentally, as you can tell later in the movie when he has a stroke or whatever. I think Dustin Hoffman's also mentally checked out for this first third of the movie. Yeah. It's like he didn't respect Adam Sandler at all. He's like, I'm going to show up on set, read a couple yeah. lines, and just start speaking. That's, yeah, that's the way I see it. It's a complete lack of disrespect, because I, I, he's better in other scenes. Well, I actors that's one of the most interesting yeah. things about watching it together, is that we all notice when Dustin Hoffman was then face-to-face with Ben Stiller, he seemed to be giving more of an effort. Mm. Was that because of the actual like characters yeah, that dynamic, or is that because of the actors involved? Like, well, it was poor writing for the first twenty-five minutes. There's just nothing but exposition and talking about these innocuous things, and there's not really a plot moving forward. It's just introducing characters and them talking at a rapid rate, while also saying things that give us no direction into the plot. Well, and it's like convenient to say like. Oh, he had a disconnect with his son, but it doesn't mean like Dustin Hoffman should have a disconnect with his job. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, so he was method acting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a dad who doesn't care. I'm an actor who doesn't care. But yeah, so like Adam Sandler like looks up to his dad. He's like this fledgling artist throughout this first act. I don't know. He's not fledgling. He's just a stay-at-home dad who was a piano teacher. But that's what's never clear too. That they could have a shit ton of money like Mikey point yeah the whole, lower Manhattan. the whole economics of this family doesn't make too much sense because they have an amazing house they have two two houses that they grew up in a country house a country and house and a house in Manhattan right like most of us and apparently Dustin Hoffman is a not a not an accomplished artist but he's he, past his prime but he's he a still professor. wants to do more yeah he's like a professor who people saw like the genius in or something Something like he's make like he has at least the like four hundred thousand square foot apartment plus a studio. It's, it's either above it or below. Yeah, it. he has a two at least a two story. He's spending two grand a month on utilities, which has included the the whole, maid. Or, yeah, <laughs> the the maid. 
Ridiculous. Yeah, I think the maid he won't fire it even though he doesn't agree with her politics, which was kind of a funny throwaway line. But you were mentioning, Stevie, the the first act had a lot of just exposition. Right. Specifically that scene at the dinner table. Oh, it's oh like my the second Okay, so there's an opening scene, Sandler and his daughter in a car, and we thought they were gonna get in a crash or something exciting I, I, like I, that. I, I wasn't hoping someone died, yeah. but it's like if they got in an accident, changed someone's <laughs> life forever. It set it up that way. Yeah. But it, nothing happened, and then they go to this dinner. And it's just like seven characters. This is how this person is, and like Dustin Hoffman is literally acting like a narrator, just like, oh, Danny does not like those things. He likes these things. She acts this way because this happened when she was a kid. Like, but it's rapid fire. And actually, Pappy made us turn on closed captioning, so it was really hard for me to follow because he was like laying out the whole story, and it's like. Picture yourself like interacting with like one of your family members and they ever say, How's your sister, the loser, doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no Look, family ever talks like this. Your mother is a successful businessman. Yeah. He's the best guy ever. The thing is He's better like, than money with all than all of us. I remember you took an interest in art for a while and then you stopped taking an interest in art. God. They talk at a hundred miles an hour, and, and no, like, nobody talks like that. And well, no the, one's talking some, to each other, really. They're yeah, all just speaking talking, down. Yeah, yeah. It felt like someone, like you guys said, Wes Anderson quite a bit, but it felt like someone who had watched a lot of Woody Allen, a lot of Wes Anderson, a lot of like Aaron Sorkin, and like thought they understood yeah, trying what too hard. was going on there, and like just tried way too hard. It's like a combination of those guys, like minus the magic of what minus actually the makes the us smartness good. Smartness of what <laughs> at least, at least the actual <laughs> character development. Like, there, was, like, yeah. there was no charm to it. Like these, all of these people were pretty grating. They weren't anybody. You weren't rooting for anybody for the longest time. And none of them had arcs. They were all just kind of on this even keel line the whole movie. Did you guys like any characters we saw in the whole movie outside of the bags? <laughs> <laughs> A lot of bags in this movie. There were, I don't remember this part. Um, so I don't think that's Liar. <laughs> There's a surprising, um, the daughter of Adam Sandler is a like amateur filmmaker. Pornographer. Oh it turns God. out that her movies are like, kind of social commentaries with her being topless. It's pretty uncomfortable because you're watching Adam Sandler, her father, watch the movies. Yeah. And then the you find out that the uncle had also been watching the movies separately and thought they were, like, good. I don't think he watched them. I, I, I no. don't think he watched them either. I think when you realize what his character is, he's uh, just kind of... He's kind of an uptight, uptight guy. And Brown I don't nosing. See, yeah, yeah like, I don't see him like liking those. Movies, he doesn't but. care too much about his family, so he's just trying to be nice. I feel like. Happy, you're burping like Rick over here. What? What's doing <laughs> down know, there? So, yeah. Like none, none of the characters are three dimensional. Like, and to me, this is clearly like a film school student who like wrote a script based on like what they saw their family as like, oh, my grandpa's a cranky guy. And my, Let's make him cranky the whole time. <laughs> and my, my, my stepmom's a drunk. And my old divorced dad's like this, like that yeah. kind of thing. But like, more of all, and Stephen and I were talking about this before, like when we read Stephen King, no, when we read Stephen King, there's always a writer character, like write what there's you There's always a writer character in every Stephen yeah. King book. This like little girl who's in film school is clearly the muse for this whole story. It's like he, that whoever wrote it, like is relating himself mm. and that's like, oh, I had these film festivals and my first films were that great, but now I'm doing an Adam Sandler film. Like, mm. It just felt so up its own ass, like. Very up its own ass. <laughs> Pappy said earlier on the film, like five minutes in, this movie is 10% less smart than it is. <laughs> and then we said, or I said, Pappy, yeah. you are 10% less smart than you think you are. And you actually cracked me and said, I denied that. No, I'm 45% less smart. <laughs> <laughs> there were a couple parts that we liked from this movie. A couple parts. The, I thought the most endearing scene was, um, I mean, it's not endearing, just it was engaging is when uh, Dustin Hoffman and Ben Stiller go to lunch for the first time. Yeah, so let's jump into the second title card yeah. sequence then. Matthew? I... Matthew and Danny, I think. Yeah. So Matthew? Matthew is Ben Stiller and Danny is Adam Stiller. Right. Mm. And um, Ben Stiller's kind of, I guess, half like a... Half-brothers. Right, half-brothers. Ben Stiller's this um, account manager for a bunch of celebrities. Is that the way... Wealth management. Wealth management, yeah. trying to tell people how to s spend their but money. But he also like owns the company and has all these like lackeys. 
Yeah. yeah. And he's really well known around the city, and he gets him to this really nice, awesome restaurant to lunch for Dustin Hoffman. And Dustin Hoffman's overlooking the prices, just like, you know, oh my god, $70 steaks, $35 salads. And I thought it was just kind of funny the way Dustin Hoffman's character, Harold, was just like, all right, if you're going to take me here, I'm going to go all out. So he orders the biggest steak he finds in the menu. He orders the, you know, a full salad. He's ordering all these different appetizers. He says, you want wine? Orders an expensive bottle of wine. Comes with this awesome cancer. I mean, I just thought that was a fun scene, especially just how easily, I guess you could say, um, how easily his feathers, you know, were just getting ruffled by the rude Frenchman sitting next to him. So that's probably my favorite scene of the whole movie. Well, that diner they were sitting in was actually like the third or fourth <laughs> diner. Because they, they kept like, switching. Like going yeah. down in quality. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but even like the third or fourth one down the chain still had like the $55 steaks. Right. So they were still doing okay in Manhattan, right? But that's why I want, in this whole, like, second chapter, like, Dustin Hoffman's, like, playing, or has much better chemistry with, like... And he actually looks like he's acting! He looks like he's trying, like, they're feeding off each other, and whereas Adam Sandler's, like, adoring of his father, like, Ben Stiller's, like, skeptical, like, dude, dad, you're crazy. So he's playing the role of audience, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Which is interesting, though, because, like, Ben Stiller usually doesn't play the straight guy, almost ever. He's usually, like, the crazy ass. Simple Jack. Yeah. Simple Jack, Zoolander, yeah. heavyweights, like the old guy. This, this is very much the straight, like rich business guy. You don't think it has anything to do with the fact that Ben or uh, Dustin Hoffman's character just likes Ben Stiller's character more as a son, and not? I just, I mean, you can still not like someone and be a good actor. Like you can still not you can still be kind of dejected from someone and still be a good actor. Mm-hmm. Where it just honestly felt like Dustin Hoffman wasn't just trying. didn't care at all with yeah. Adam. We all were super in agreement about that in the first act. Like Dustin Hoffman was like a robot. That's what every time. He I mean, talked, it wasn't it was even like, just around Adam Sandler. It was around Marine. It was around Gene. It was around Eliza. Like exactly. It yeah. wasn't just Adam Sandler's character. It was around the whole family. And then when you get with just him and Ben Stiller, it's like. If the whole movie could have been about Ben Stiller and Dustin Hoffman, this movie would have been great. And if you want to do that well, what you do is you, you Dustin Hoffman should have been dismissive and lazy towards Ben Stiller, but right. then dynamic with all those other supporting characters, like it's just like two different people. Like it's like a complete shift in like his effort level. It's like, like they shot him months apart. Yeah. Dustin Hoffman yes. was like <laughs> feeling better in August. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're watching the dailies and so all of a sudden like, hey Dustin, uh, we need to talk here for a You're second. You're not trying uh, as hard with Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Pick the saddle. It's time to start. It's time to it's time to get going. But yeah, I just um, it's just super lazy, Dustin Hoffman. It's disappointing because you're like, wow, you feel this energy between him and Ben Stiller. It's like, okay, cool. I understand it's his favorite son, probably his favorite child, but you can still be like Pappy said, you can still be dynamic with other characters. But I'll be goddamn if Dustin Hoffman, old Dustin Hoffman, trying to run to all that times. A little shuffle. There were several running. Every scenes. every. Yeah. Everybody Every tried ran. to. Everybody ran. Had a scene running. Yeah. And they're all really bad. Yeah, they're all terrible at it. <laughs> Which brings me to something I want to ask Stevie. Right. You mentioned that a uh, certain ethnicity of people might actually like this movie, whereas we didn't. Oh, you said yeah. it. I'm, I'm just calling you out. You said it. Because the reason I'm calling you out is because I really want to know, like. I want to get that cultural aspect. Like, what what is it that they would enjoy more? They. So clearly, Josh is trying to make this to a racial place. But what I would think it is is more like we've all seen my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah. There are unique jokes that are like, oh. Mm-hmm. I think there are some neat, unique jokes that yeah. apply more to Jewish people. I really I, do. I think this is very like a, a very. And it does. It's also Ben Stiller, Dustin Hoffman, and Adam Sandler all in the lead roles. I mean. Yeah. And then while Josh goes to like nurse his child of his <laughs> nipple, okay. who was the, the guy who we all said? Who is that guy? It's the guy from Independence Day. His name's Hirsch. Um, Judah Hirsch. <laughs> Judah Hirsch. Yeah. I think uh, it's what his name is. He's the guy who like he's the he's Goldblum's he dad. He's plane in it, the spaceship or whatever. He's typecast he's as an yeah. older Jewish man in many. Sitcoms. His last name Shapiro. Yeah, he's. He's been in the gold. Sigourney bros. Weaver yeah. as a as parents. Sigourney Weaver. What? That's six. 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 Dude, dude. <laughs> she has two movies up. Also, Bill Paxton is in the four movie club. We didn't mention that. Bill Paxton is the Circle, Tombstone, 
Dude, does a circle We did count? the circle? The alien? You know, oh, Mike, you oh my the God. Yeah. <laughs> I watched it. I know it was terrible. I didn't realize we did a pod on it. Yeah. I tricked my wife that, um, because Bill Paxton had just died, and I tricked my wife that the movies we were watching was his twin brother, Tom Paxton. So she was under the, like, I had her under the premise for, like, four months that, like, Tom Paxton was in Titanic, Aliens... Uh, two was still on that we watched. Like I was like, no, 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 it's not, it's not Bill, it's Tom. But um, yeah, we uh, we covered the joke or the discussion you wanted to bring up. So and Sigourney Weaver. And Sigourney Weaver's in this movie. What was the joke I wanted to bring up? Not joke, but the discussion you want to say why Jewish people might enjoy this movie more than others. Oh well, what? Well, why would they? We already covered it. <laughs> I would move on saying Sigourney Weaver has the biggest honor. Of all. In the sixth movie club. Oh, oh yeah. Unprecedented. Unprecedented. Yeah, she actually tried to call us a few times today. I didn't have time to really <laughs> <pick up. laughs> get it. We'll okay. try to get her on mm. next time. She called the hotline, which is uh, what number? What? <laughs> 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 Edit point. You know what's really disappointing about this movie? Emma Thompson is a really good actress, but her character was not fun to watch at all on screen. Dustin Hoffman is an all-time great actor. Yeah. In a lot of people's books, I mean. You guys think these characters are really not well-rounded at all, just poor writing? Honestly, I think Dustin Hoffman acted pretty well. He's playing a person who already has like a... He plays a person that has a mental injury later on in the movie and then he's also playing a super pretentious it sounds like this is a yes for you i'm saying he acted well and i'm saying there were some scenes that i thought were very funny but that pool the dialogue that is very dense scene made me laugh, yeah. made me laugh hard. <laughs> there are some scenes that i laughed out loud I remember for that sure pool stick i saved up all summer to buy that for you mrs one ball son of a <laughs> Immediately. Yeah. <laughs> but tonally, does that fit with any other part of the movie? No, like, it's out of place. I think it's supposed to show Adam Sandler has a short fuse, like when he's in traffic and like dealing with people. So I think it's showing like, like father, Speaking like son. Speaking of the revelation, what do you think of Stanley's performance, Josh? Speaking of the revelation, who said revelation? <laughs> Didn't you read a review? <laughs> Yeah, um, we did mention that in the pregame part of this. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's completely stupid. Dustin, Dustin, whoever wrote that should not. Dustin Hoffman, I think, showed us who probably acted better between yeah. Adam Sandler and Ben Stiller. <laughs> is, I mean, is Sandler a revelation because he played with an injury? He. <laughs> can, I, can I say something? I think when Sandler is addressing his kid and like being kind of like like parental he, he's clearly just tapping into what it's being like to be a dad like, i feel like he actually does a kind of good job like i buy him when he's like loving his daughter i'll say that much like when he's loving his daughter by watching her movie late at no. night with his hands <laughs> down low under the cover. I'm going to need to watch this movie by myself. I think you guys are like kind of overthinking it maybe because I think they all acted pretty well. Mm. They're just all playing characters that are not likable. Like Adam Sandler's character is not likable at all, but he's playing it pretty well. There, yeah, that's a good point. If he's not likable, then why do we have three separate times and Josh and I took shots when Adam Sandler was singing his daughter a song. Was it just three? Well, Adam, Adam Sandler was going to this game where every time Adam Sandler plays an instrument and sings, we passed around like a bottle of buck And got to the point where we invented that game and participated in it multiple <laughs> times <laughs> over the course of this film. Sorry, Mikey. That's got to be in his contract, is if Adam Sandler can work in a couple of songs or something. Into like a Brad movie. Pitt's got to yeah. eat, Adam Sandler's got to <laughs> yeah. sing. Brad Pitt's got to eat, Adam Sandler's going to sing. But that's what I'm saying, like, it, emotionally, that's when he's at his best. When he's like, okay, I love my daughter. Whatever. Like Big Daddy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Same thing. Like, he, he can play his, like... Rain over me. These big, he's good in that movie. high concept, I'm a good dad with a bad, bad qualities thing. He can actually do that dramatically well. But what, it's like, what can't he do then? Uh, pretending he has like a crazy ass dad who's smart. 
<laughs> can't do that. <laughs> so 90% of his character. I thought the climatic scene was actually kind of a huge letdown. It's like a eulogy scene for Dustin Hoffman where it's like an art show where he's like super sick and Ben Stiller talks and he like passes the mic off to Adam Sandler and like... Well, we've jumped into the third title sequence then, right? Is this Gene? The fourth. Yeah, I don't know. The sister has like a really be- brief title scene where Which she's also getting sexually assaulted. Also the funniest scene of the whole movie with the car destruction. So a dude <laughs> who beat off to Dustin Hoffman's daughter over summer camp years ago uh, now has dementia and is coming to visit Dustin Hoffman's character. He's kind of like a like an old Nazi that's like found in old age Whoa, and it's like, should we kill this guy or not? <laughs> no, they asked if they should beat him up and they're like, no, we shouldn't beat him up. We'll just we'll just take out his car, his which car. is definitely not his. I'm car. just drawing an analogy to like the old SS officers that were caught later in life, but this guy is like in a sexual assault uh, proprietor, and At Ben Stiller point. and Adam Sandler find out about it. Yeah, but at like this point, he's, he has dementia, and he there's no way he remembers anything about that. Yeah. So, Which is where my analogy comes into play. But they like beat up his car, kind of like the like the printer scene in The Office. Do you guys remember that? But we all assume the Without joke the would... Mm-hmm. We all assume the joke <laughs> would be that they beat up his car, and it would be the wrong car, which did not pay off. Was no. That, I, that was a letdown for me. I, yeah. I thought it was a letdown because that was like a like a pretty easy. That was it. That would have been a layup of a joke. I mean, but is it too easy for them to go? To? No, it would have been hilarious. No, it would have been awesome. It would have fit the movie correctly too, just because he has a, a nurse that I mean, or someone yeah. that's helping him drive him around. It'd been that hilarious. That would have definitely like, been his car. That definitely. Yeah, would have I been still his think car. it wasn't his car, and they just drove off before they even like found out for sure. Right? There's yeah. no way that guy was driving. He was no. like, the movie doesn't go for that joke, and they should. By all accounts, if that's not his car, it's a, it's a lip, like Mikey said. No, the best joke this this movie had was like someone in mid sentence, and then they cut to another title card. They did that's that. That's pretty like, artsy, right? They did, they that, did that like three times. Yeah, they title a card. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, let me say this, Josh. You like Royal Tenenbaums. That is one of that is my least favorite Wes Anderson film. Least favorite. Least favorite. What does okay. Royal Tenenbaums do well? This movie doesn't do well. Mm. Why? Why is that a better like like family drama comedy? Well, first, just cinematography's sake, like every shot is a Wes Anderson shot instead of like one every 16 shots like in this movie. And even those are like, Look. oh wow, this is a good shot the first time in the 20 minutes. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, striking. This? Yeah. <laughs> shot on film. <laughs> I think it's just more of a constant mood maybe and like uh, there's no just direct expository scene where you're supposed to like okay now i get all the characters i think they kind of you learn about them as the movie goes and there's actually like i think you like the characters more in royal tenenbaum well, they have great arcs too because they actually move they as actually characters. move as characters and a lot of Wes anderson movies revolve around women whether they're chasing women, running away from women, they just revolve around women, <clears throat> which I think is more easy to root for than a patriarch, I think, um, especially when it deals with this movie. But also just um, <laughs> Wes, Anderson's char- Wes Anderson's characters will always have snappy dialogue, will always have funnier stories to tell, and also will also get in much more funnier situations than this movie could ever dream of. So I think that's where this movie tried to be like Royal Tenenbaums, but just couldn't do it. They even got Ben Stiller. They even got Ben Stiller. They even got like the weird sister. They got, you know, it was just it just didn't work. They asked Ben to sign off on this. Like, is this ten and bombsy <laughs> enough? And Ben was like, Yeah, it's ten and bombsy enough. This for me felt like a very like, first draft of a script. Like, there's funny moments, but I feel like I I could like identify like five minute chunks. Where, like, hey, someone should punch this up. Like, we can yeah. hire, we can hire like two funny people to make this funnier. Like, you know, like even like the scene we said like. Oh, that should be someone else's car. Like, that's a two-minute correction that makes like that scene ten times more funny. There is there is a a lot of dialogue in this movie. I mean, there's got to be a hundred words a minute every 
every and scene. And, the one that pays off. and yeah. they don't even like, like I think you said earlier, it doesn't Stevie, push they're not the even necessarily talking to forward. each other. They're just talking Dustin, down to saying words. Dustin Hoffman is having his own conversation in the middle of someone else's conversation, which is just yeah. They're talking over each other. It's not this script had to have been a mess on it, like on paper forward. when you think about it, because. There should be a fair balance of action and dialogue all the way throughout. And I, the way I look at the script is it's just no action and nothing but dialogue all the way down the pages. I really don't understand why the screenwriter was allowed to make this movie. <laughs> I really don't. It, it, it's wait, like, well, wait a second. You asked me the question about the Wes Anderson movie. What's your take? Like, What, it, what is the difference besides the art of the frame? What's the difference in plot that makes? I th- I think a in a I think in a Wes Anderson film you understand, and I, I, I'm not smart enough to know why he does it. You understand who the characters are, but they all move. This is like it has very static characters. You have the the cranky grandpa, the liberal daughter, the uh, ethnic ethnically diverse boyfriend, the you know Adam Sandler dad none of them really move in that space that's its own cliche now they, they barely <laughs> handicapped move, dad they barely move in that space and then like with Wes Anderson like all these characters like going on their own journey they're understanding who they are why they're there like within and plus in a movie typically the movie and script should mirror itself all the way throughout constantly mirroring itself saying like that's how characters change throughout a film that's how we begin to root for him and like him or hate him there's a constant change. And like you guys said, there's there's no change or action. It's just constantly these are the same people in every frame. Even though there's it's not even a three a three day period or a weekend movie. This is happening throughout months. And there's there's no rooting interest at all in the characters. Do you, yeah. do you think any any character <laughs> at the end of the movie has like improved on like their overall Jean got her hair cut. I mean, but do you think any of them are like a better person? Later on in the movie, but they try they try to earn that with Adam Sandler like asking that girl out, and it, it's completely ineffective. Like no one gives a nothing fuck. came of that. Whenever they also met, try to met Karen. No one cares. They also try to earn it with Ben Stiller when he says he tried to unsell the house and the art, but it wasn't able to. Oh my god, that seems so terrible. So even that, he's just like, oh, I put it into motion. I couldn't stop it. It, what was terrible about it? Well, that scene is a hundred percent sincere. That's that's the, ben Stiller, the eulogy scene. That's Ben Stiller crying because he sold his dad's art, and and that didn't do a thing for any of us, right? No one had any emotional movement at all. No, right? No one in the circle had any feeling. No, I and it's not it a very. That's him acting his goddamn heart out. No, that's not a joke. That was not a joke. No, no, no. no. It became a joke to us at that yeah. point. He is trying to really, really act. It wasn't earned. Even though he did a really good job acting, it wasn't earned. Yeah, I, mean, I, think, I don't think the acting was bad. I just think it, out of you're place. Right. It was just a straight character playing the same thing. And now, all of a sudden, you're supposed to buy this change. But that's so cringeworthy. No matter how great the performance is, it doesn't matter who it is. It's fucking, you know, Jack Nicholson, Peter O'Toole. If you're acting Ooh. really hard and the movie's embarrassing, it's 20 times more embarrassing because you're trying really hard. Yeah, yeah. Are you talking about Marlon Brando and Missouri Breaks right now? No, I'm fucking never. God, <laughs> every pot of It you. sounds like you're directly addressing that. You're like dancing around it with Peter O'Toole and Jack Nicholson. We will never reference Missouri Breaks ever. So I'm looking at Josh's notes right now. It just okay, says okay. Missouri Breaks Pat and, and, and Tombstone. <laughs> I, I don't understand the notes. Young. <laughs> no, uh, Pappy, there is this quote during the movie where they're watching an old-timey film. Mm. They're like, man, why are all those guys in the 30s dressed up in tuxes? And Adam Sandler says something like, their lives are shorter then. They like to celebrate life. Yeah, because penicillin wasn't discovered yet or invented yet. I yeah. don't know, something. But Pappy was People were like, dying in their 30s. Pappy the was having his own Dustin Hoffman seizure on the <laughs> couch. Just like, I hate it. <laughs> Honestly, that, that line was the epitome of someone who is in film school writing a script. <laughs> And like, like, oh, I just had to watch all these movies from the 30s. Why are they always in tuxes? I'm going to put that in my movie. And I'm really mm. smart. Like, it's so, it's so on point. It's so, it's, it's just not, 
subtle. It's not smart. It's it's someone who's just just watching these movies, and that was like the moment where I threw my hands up in the air. I was like, "Fuck this movie." Also, just with the that was theater. also that was two hours in, and you exactly. were like, <laughs> "No, the movie's not even two hours long." <laughs> it was it was like an hour forty minutes in. Eulogizing someone that's not dead is not very original. And especially in this movie, it's so out of place. But if you guys do want to watch a movie where it actually works and it's earned, watch the movie Waking Ned Divine. It actually ends up being really well earned and deserved. And I kind of wish we would have watched that over this movie. (laughs) Okay, so I do have two notes here. I would like to get it before we gave all our yes and no's. I mean, (laughs) um, so the first thing is this movie was shot on like real film. So it actually is a pretty cool-looking movie, and I think we all agreed on that, right? But that's not... Again, that's not like... It's not groundbreaking. That's not like the most... It's not revelatory. No, it's not even the most smart decision. Like, I want this to be a family-oriented piece. Well, shoot it on film. Like, it's not... Like, you know what I mean? It's not not rocket science. Like, it has a more, like, home-filled, home-movie-type, grainy, authentic look. And that's that's what helps the movie, like... These, like, marginal decisions, but, like, it's such a basic one. I think, yeah, I think uh, it definitely improves the movie, but also we had the closed captioning on, and the dialogue is just so thick that I found myself, like, kind of distracted by the closed captioning more often than... I found myself looking at Twitter, partly. (laughs) 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 Okay, well, Stevie has a no. Stevie's a no. (laughs) No, I don't think many people watching this movie the first time are catching all that dialogue, like, closed captions or not. Like, it's just, like, so much coming at you, and it's honestly so dry. Okay, so here's the question. Who is the target audience for this movie? Who's... In this movie's wheelhouse. People that are starving that a Wes Anderson movie hasn't come out in like it's a year Large and a half. families yeah. that live in New York that are dysfunctional. Exactly. Yeah. Dysfunctional, <laughs> wealthy. Dysfunctioning, wealthy, wealthy white people. That's the best way I can describe that movie. This movie is not for everyone at all. I mean, just. If I knew anybody in that tax bracket, I think. And I watch it with them. I think they'd enjoy it a lot. <laughs> yeah, their problems are my dad's a rich, successful artist, but he's not rich and successful. Nothing nothing in this movie is relatable at all. It's, yeah. Dad hasn't sold art in years. He, spent, he lives in a 6000 a month, you know, 6000 a month rent house. It's like, oh, yeah. cool. He lives in lower, lower Manhattan. Awesome. <laughs> Josh, you're uh, you're taking some basic anti-Semitic notes on your. Do you want to like expand upon those? Yeah. So my other note was um, there's an M Night Shyamalan twist towards the end of this movie where a a piece (laughs) named Matthew. It turns out that Dustin Hoffman's memory was incorrect, and it should have been named Danny. So it should have been named after Adam Adam Sandler Sandler instead of Ben Stiller. And I know that affected you, especially Mikey. Like you found. I don't, Great meaning. I don't know if it affected me in the way that you think, but the whole movie kind of, I, I don't know, it's forgive kind me. of very loosely rotates around this idea that <laughs> <laughs> that there's this art piece that Dustin Hoffman and Ben Stiller's character kind of created, and it turns out that it was actually Adam Sandler's character and Dustin Hoffman created together. And... We don't give a shit. Yeah, it's, okay, yeah. it's just it doesn't it doesn't matter in the end. This is such rookie bullshit writing because that is set up like within thirty minutes of the end, and then within ten minutes of the end, we find out. If the whole movie yeah. is built around yeah. that art piece, cool. Yeah, you you could have been a way smarter. Like, if the like that would have been a Wes Anderson movie. Introduce the art piece. Introduce the art piece. Introduce the dysfunction around that. That would have been a Wes Anderson then, movie. Then, then it's earned. Yeah, the art piece is the center of the Shoehorning story. Shoehorning it in at the end <laughs> is bullshit. Yeah, it, and it's just so fast because like you have it like at the like literally thirty minutes to go mark the art piece introduced and then it's like oh it's this character nope it's this mm. character and it doesn't it just not has no emotional. That's kind of like boy no with apple. Way. The boy with boy apple. Boy with apple. Yeah. It's kind of like the same thing, and then he did it wrong. Sanderson <laughs> <laughs> also makes that art piece in question like look really cool and like make you want to think more about it. 
But there was a potential like comedy dynamic too. It's like, oh, I got the the nails of my own asshole or something like that. You know what I mean? Like you you could have like really set it up and like had both characters thinking that the art piece was about them or right. something. Like they were taking the uppers and downers and it yeah. didn't really pay off. Because oh my god, that didn't yeah, pay off at all. That did not pay off. There's, okay, real quick for the listener, there's a scene where Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler they have like a coming together brothers moment. We're gonna take some drugs together. One of them takes one pill and the other takes the other. Kylo not knowing, Ren. Not knowing what either pill does. <laughs> yeah, and Kylo Ren, actually, which we didn't mention, is in this movie. Adam oh, Driver. yeah. He was probably the best part of the movie. Mishawaka native Adam Mishawaka Driver. native! He hands him two pills. One's an upper, one's a downer. And it comes to fruition where Ben Stiller takes one, Adam Sandler takes the other. So you think there's going to have this, like, kind of opposite propelled drug scene where it it ends up where it's seriously unclear which one took which or like what they're even you know what, getting at. Or? You know what they should have done? They should have split the screen in half and had them both go on their different different ways, going to circle back to one another. One of them going up, one of them going down, and then they meet. That would have been hilarious, but no, they just kind of just fought in a courtyard. Who's, who wrote to kill your darlings? Mm. Who said kill your kill your darlings on the cutting room floor? No idea. Well, this person did not read that quote ever because they didn't kill any of their darlings, nor are they ever darlings to begin with, which is very frustrating. This movie could have been really cool and really endearing had they chopped out so much and just, you know, build the core blocks of what it should have been about, which is two brothers struggle to identify with their dad when one thinks that one gets favored more than the other. But we did not get that. It feels like it wasn't worked on very hard. Like, and, like, I'm not, like, going to criticize every joke, but, like, if we all sat in a room and said, oh, it should have been someone else's car, that would have been ten times more funny. Like, it's really not hard to punch that shit up. It feels like a mm-hmm. very first draft of this script. Like, I feel like it has, like, easy moments to punch all, up. All, I feel like it has, like, all the bones to be, like, there are some parts that are, like, I laughed hysterically at, but. Right. I don't know. Just, like, dialogue on top of dialogue. These people are basically yelling at each other the entire movie, and it's really annoying to watch. Okay, so let's fix this movie. Ooh, what char- what characters favorites. are we just weeding out right away? Like, who's out? Marine. Gene. Gene. Mm. Um, take the, out Eliza, throw in Karen. The daughter would still be in, I feel like. I would take out Eliza. I would throw in Karen. I would make it more about Karen... While the daughter is away at college, so you can see the struggle of but Adam if, Sandler being on his own. If Adam Mom. Sandler has Karen, has Eliza, okay. then Ben Stiller should have Karen. So How they about, should both have one like loved one that they're like pulling them back in that direction. I feel like. Yeah, they can both have that. But what if the movie opens with the student film porn scene, and then it's the Ben Stiller character being like doesn't open the email. And then it's the dad character who does open the email. And we just go from there. Like, that sets up the family dynamic right there. One guy's dis- disengaged. One guy's overly that's engaged. That's good. That's good. And then we mm-hmm. go from there. And we, we're driving. Because that's what this whole movie is about. It's like the two different characters. One guy does not give a fuck. One guy gives too much fucks about his family. That's what's driving the story. That's what we need to focus on. Like, it just gets too far away from that and, like, focuses on Dustin Hoffman, who's... I think it's... <laughs> A father, as a person with daughters, a father seeing his now collegiate, like just newly collegiate daughters' uh, short films and seeing that they feature her topless is like very disturbing. (laughs) It's her banging furries. It's beyond just. It's so weird. Well, we got like three minutes into her. Into her uh, college She's such a movies, sweet girl. we got like three minutes into her college movies, and we we're like, "Is that the daughter?" And, <laughs> and and Adam Sandler's character is not reacting at all in any sort of disgusted way because He's they're just, trying to like do the Wes yeah. Anderson thing where everyone's like all muted and understated, but it doesn't work because you actually don't know his motivation here. And the only reason I actually even knew he was her dad for sure is because we had closed captioning on, and it. Dad, daughter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Said, I, Eliza's yeah. dad says blank, and and I just felt like Jean was a really throwaway character in this movie. I mean, she may be a good actress, but the character wasn't very well written at all, and she didn't feel connected to any of the characters. Was she the at drunk all. character? No, she's the sister. Maureen was the drunk. I think Jean could have worked more if it started out like Pappy said, and she was like 
the very flat in between that couldn't relate to either character, but was kind of grounding both of those characters, Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler, back into like their home base family. Because nothing else is doing that. Clearly, Dustin Hoffman isn't and I think the grounding source. It could have been set up by Dustin Hoffman being in the hospital, then Ben Stiller coming back and being like, "Hey, we're gonna sell Dad stuff," and you can probably see Adam Sandler fighting for that stuff, and Gene just being in the in between while they're all dealing with their problems. And that's kind of the core of the story of just how dysfunctional they are with their dad. Whereas. So it should movie, be Royal Tenenbaums. This movie, and Gene Hackman should have played. Yeah, Dustin Hoffman's character. Yeah. And this movie is just Honestly, so scattered, and so it almost seems like they're all skits. Seriously, they're all skits that don't if, pan out. If they centered the whole movie around the sculpture, it's a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah, it would have worked. And let's talk about that. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about the Indiana Jones bullshit ending. What the fuck was that? What was that? I, I'm so I don't know if I'm if more interested. In yeah. Someone the director knows. Pa- Mikey, run us through what that ending was. What's, I, what's I don't even know. What, uh, Eliza and her boyfriend somehow are at this warehouse. I don't even know why are they even there. It, was that even brought up? We're just walking through this warehouse where top men. Yeah, top <laughs> where men. Harold the grandpa. Dustin Hoffman's character apparently has uh, an art piece or something in a box, and they just go find it. We don't even get to see what's in the box. Can I, t- can I take a step back, though? I think that is a very pretentious, terrible scene. But the scene where Adam Sandler's like, <laughs> face is getting broken down on, like, what, what does he say there? It's something like, uh, Forgive me. I love you. Forgive, forgive me. Forgive me. I love oh, you. the edited scene. Yeah, and it's like, it's, it's breaking down shots of his face. This is the quintessential student film. I think I'm so much smarter than I am moment. This is where I think they're summoning some Tarantino. They're, no, there's they're no, trying no, 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 no. Trying yeah. to. No, okay. Uh, it's like a bold editing choice that. to make a mm. big splash. I don't think he would go Tarantino's down Tarantino's never dog. done anything like that. What? But I, no. Okay, I have no problem with people like trying to borrow from other works, but this moment has no emotional resonance, <laughs> and it thinks it does, and it's it's shocking, and it's it it's doesn't pa- make it's any pathetic. sense. It was student film, dude. It's pathetic. It was student film. Okay, You're- the scene in Pulp Fiction where Uma Thurman picks up the mic and she like talks to it, and it like not zooms even- no, into no, this no, 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 It would have made. I, I, I just think it has shades of that. It's no, not as good as no, that. No, it's- no, you're you're comparing a scene which 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 provides this like context and like universe to the story <laughs> just where it's like she's for, for the listeners flat yeah. out describe this the scene with adam sandler you're talking about you said it you said it edits his face like what do you mean what is it he's standing behind a stroked out dustin hoffman he's standing behind a stroked out dustin hoffman he's saying his apologies is this this is not is i thought he was going to kill dustin hoffman i thought he was going <laughs> to bust out a gun <laughs> and he he's this wasn't Kind of a jump to the uh, Ben Stiller like crying scene, like pretty much right after, and like Adam Sandler was having his emotional moment, and he's saying like I'm sorry. What, what, forgive what is this me. He says I'm sorry. Forgive me. Yeah, I'm sorry. Forgive me. With no edits, he says I'm sorry. Forgive me. I love you. But rather than just taking that good dialogue on its face and letting an actor act and like showing it, they break it down and like. I'm sorry, like they show different parts of Adam Sandler's face and like it's very clearly edited together. It's very choppy and I love you and showing different parts of that. Now, it's like saying this part is important to the movie, mm-hmm. right? Or what? I don't know. Dude, I, I don't even, even Adam Sandler's dialogue in that made no it, sense. It, yeah, where was that context coming from? Why was he saying that? They well, did the- breadcrumb that earlier. Mm-hmm. I think the psychiatrist said, these are, or a doctor said these are good things you should say to a dying patient. But that's, that's it. That, yeah, I mean, there's nothing I guess else. It's... I'm trying to like justify this. Like I could see it like being like, maybe it's Adam Sandler's character not being sincere and that's why they're cutting it up. Like he can't actually say those words in a row, but like that's giving this movie way too much credit. And like, <laughs> it's so silly when it happens. It's so stupid and silly. It's like, it, no it literally like, took you out of, you like jump out of your seat. My mouth was a Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got stunned. Like you're really, you're really swinging for the fences. This is like movie. in... It was no, a shocking. No, it was no, it's an, not. It was an no, edit Josh. point. No, 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 edit no, no, point. no it's not. I got a good analogy for this. This is like in Game of Thrones okay. with that season with 
there that episode with Sam where all of a sudden they're doing this like new editing style uh, showing yeah, the, the soup shit. and the poop. Yeah. And, and it's like it's exactly in the middle of this movie there's like four distinct cuts that aren't succinct with the rest of the movie. And I think that's what Pappy's getting at. That plus it makes zero like story sense even. It's just it's well, pathetic. Nothing comes of it. <laughs> if anything came of it, maybe it would have made sense, but nothing happens after he says that. That's another thing. If you want to kill your darlings, fine. It would have been gratifying if Adam Sandler had struggled the whole movie with leaving his his father, who's now you know also more that, soft than he was. Yeah, that's the last we see of Adam, right? Right. I mean, it would have been. And well, he's no he's with, no better off. Either, anyway. If they would have built around a movie of Adam Sandler struggles to leave his father, even though he has contempt for him because he feels like he needs to take care of him, then that would have been better if he was just like, I love you, please forgive me, with him leaving. That would have more res- res- more pull to it. Whereas this movie being so all over the place just has no pull whatsoever. It's just so a strange choice. Yeah. And like, how do you have the balls to do that? <laughs> How do you make a B-level Adam Sandler like bullshit movie, and you think you have like this emotional resonance to pull? It's like, I love you. How, how do you so How do you show that to moment. Dustin Hoffman and pull that off? Like, you don't. You, you, you yeah, have a lot of fucking money. Yeah. yeah, you're not showing. You're not giving any of these people like a final say in what the movie's gonna look like because that was just like shocking. It was. It pulled you right right out of the movie, and it was. It was tough to watch. Yeah, just not good. Let's get into yes or no's. Is it, we're all in person tonight for once. It's weird. Just looking Stevie dead in the eye. He's got dead eyes. I Look at him. <laughs> he is so disengaged. Do you want to go first, Stevie? Just so you can pull it off like a band I was going to look up Noah Bachman. I wanted to get his info. Uh but uh, this is a hard no. This is a very frustrating movie to watch because there are some funny moments and there are some, I guess you can say, endearing moments even though they're far and few between. But overall, this movie's a mess. It's convoluted. It doesn't. It's not smooth whatsoever. The characters have no chemistry whatsoever. Even if you can call that intentional, it uh, you can still have good acting, which this movie didn't. So this is a hard no for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this movie su- suffers underneath the uh, celebrity paralysis, where you have all these like top-level great actors, and the movie just doesn't pay off. Like if it if this was the same movie with like college kids, I'd be like, okay, maybe this college kid can make a good movie someday. He kind of gets it. He's doing. He's copying, but he's copying good people. So, you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing wrong with that. The fact that this is like a Netflix, like, premiere movie. <laughs> and, shot on, gone through the trouble to be shot on film. Yeah. Gone through the trouble to be shot on film. Like, one of Adam Sandler who's making, like, a billion dollars from Netflix or some ridiculous contract mm-hmm. like that. This is unacceptable. This is a no. This is trash. This is, like, in the level of, like, a college film movie. But it's absolute garbage. It's lowest common denominator like emotional appeal and just i am so pissed i spent my night in elkhart watching this movie <laughs> we could have gone to the bar man could have gone to the pub i'm pretty pissed that new york times said adam sandler was uh a revelation, a revelation? Um, maybe they meant a matrix revelation <laughs> <laughs> yeah that makes sense <laughs> That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) What's most disappointing about this movie for me is that the deal that Netflix has with Adam Sandler for this one artist to make a certain amount of movies and put them directly on their platform, distributed to everyone in the universe, seems awesome. It goes back to that idea that we've talked about before of like auteurism. Which they say the word auteur oh, in this movie and it's that's so cringy. Frustrating. <laughs> it's like the thir- this is auteurism. <laughs> <laughs> it's the third word you learn in like film class one oh one is this is what auteur means. Oh they say mission scene a few times too in this movie. But anyway, like <sighs> well, can I say one? Did did yeah. we have a budget on this movie? I don't, I don't know what it is. And since we're in person, none of us have computers in front of us to cheat. So let's just say like they had 20 30 million. million. I say 30. 30? 30. I would rather give 
six filmmakers five million dollars and they could have put out some better i guarantee you at least two would be better than this movie but what i'm getting at is this idea of a huge artist finally like they're not attached to a major studio anymore they he can make whatever he wants and he's like ruining the model because ridiculous six it's sandy Sandy Wexler, wexler the do over these movies suck <laughs> and this one was shot on film and looked shiny but man it just like tried too hard and it shoved too much down it, it tried he's like he's on the rebound like i've made some shitty movies i need to make like a movie that tries really hard and he did but it it's just a try hard thumbs down no solid Vigo mortensen Inverted vagina. <laughs> <laughs> inverted. This reminds me of like a dad giving his key, like his son, the keys to a Ferrari when he's like twelve. Just like see what he does, and he ends up crashing the Ferrari into a ditch. This is what that movie is. Uh, I, this movie, I don't want to be too hard on it, but it's like basically jerking off into its own mouth. <laughs> just to be gentle about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it took out one of its own ribs surgically so that it could lean down further. But I don't want to be too hard. <laughs> I, there are some scenes that I think are just hilarious, but most of it is just so full of itself and none of it is relatable at all, which that was the hardest part I had with the movie is like these people have problems that nobody can relate to. <laughs> this is the 1% problem. These are 1%er problems. Nobody cares. It's not even first world problems. Yeah. No. The, it, it, it just totally took me out of the movie. And even though I laughed like very hard at some scenes, it wasn't enough to make me enjoy the movie. And it's a very hard no. I think you would start laughing if you were just... Like staring at the wall for two hours straight, you'd have a few moments. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on what I'm on at the moment, but sure. <laughs> I mean, this is a rough watch, and this is the sad thing is this has some big stars in it, like Penn Stiller's. Penn Stiller's a huge star, he's a huge producer, and that guy from Daxi. <laughs> I know. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to hate on any of these actors because. I like individually, individually. I, I, individually yeah. I like they're all okay. great. They did okay. Even Adam Sandler, he, I can't say the that he did. The acting is a, not terrible. The writing is god the awful. The writing is bad. The writing is god it's awful. It's so dense and it's so, Rule so one, so so much of it has so much save of it, bad writing, no matter how good the acting is. So much of the writing doesn't push the narrative forward at all but in any way. If you're Netflix, why are you even allowing Adam Sandler to make these like? Aren't the deal's Dude, made. The, it's in the deal has been made you can do for years. He once. Yeah, he, ha- he it was like a seven movie deal or something. Yeah. Oh god, we're almost there. Come on. Not even I don't even think we're halfway done <sighs> through the deal. <laughs> there must be people who like this kind of movie though, right? There well, there's the one percent I got to go. Pee. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can keep going if you need to. I have nothing else left to say. We have one more note. <laughs> well, I mean, will Adam Sandler ever be considered like a must-see actor again? Like, to, like in our younger years, it'd be like, Adam Sandler's coming out the movie, awesome, let's go see it. Like, at what movie did that peak with? Happy, uh, I think Happy Gilmore. You got peak to Happy. I think, I think Billy Madison's the other side of that slope. I'd say like 50 First Dates, probably his last like genuine movie where you laugh, has a good story, it's fun, doesn't take itself too seriously, and then it's just jumping off a cliff. The problem with Adam Sandler is every movie he's in is an Adam Sandler movie. He can't just be in a movie. It has to be an Adam Sandler movie. It has to be an Adam Sandler movie. Like, and I think he actually has character acting potential. He's good in Rain Over Me if you ever see that movie. I don't think he was terrible in this with the limp. I think he had decent dynamic at points, but like, he cannot be the title character in a movie, especially when you have Dustin Hoffman, Ben Stiller. Yeah. So I mean, like, it didn't why? even make sense that he was the title character, except they started with him. And this is by movie. all like yeah. accounts, like we ripped on that third of the movie the most by far, the part with Adam Sandler. Yeah. It was extremely frustrating. That's why everyone's 
that's your first impression of this movie. Maybe that opening act, what we call an act, a third of the movie, was a, a third of a two-hour movie. Was supposed to be like eight minutes. And since it's an Adam Sandler flick, they had to like no. balloon that part out. I think you're on to some, Pab. You think maybe Adam Sandler should stick, should go with like maybe side characters and kind of work his way up from there? Just, just produce and just, be like a bit character in a I couple mean, movies. I, I don't think Adam Sandler is motivated by making good films, though. I think he's motivated All by making dollar. Money. Yeah, like, and I think that he, I, I really think that he's delivering a product that someone's liking. Someone must be liking this product he's putting out. Can you call in to 907 Spoilers 04? No, 07, I thought. We're done 903-776-4507 if you like Adam Sandler's films. Maybe Jim McMaster's (laughs) understands these. Jim McMaster's loves this movie. I think Jim McMaster said we should stick to Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> and Austin Powers. Here you go, Jim. This is an honor of Jim. For you, Jim. Hats off to you, Jimbo. James. So, does anybody have any ending thoughts here as far as, like, not only this movie, like, we all gave it a nose, but, like, what do you think about movies just kind of, like, airing first on Netflix and that's like their Me first point of contact with the world. Are in big favor of it when they make movies like Okja because they can take Okja Okja oh is such a good movie. Like they can do a lot of things in those movies that would never be put out in theaters, like ever. And it's yeah. a shame when like Sandler comes around like pulls into station because it's like, oh, you know, Netflix has the ability to make these groundbreaking movies, and they're sticking with Adam Sandler. So that's that's why I said he's ruining. It. Is any studio ever going to trust any single person to like make a series of movies and make a contract like this again? Like these are bombs. Yeah, they are. Are they, are they for the general public though? I really don't know. Like yeah, any- like I'm sure a lot of people have watched that. What is it? The stupid six or whatever. whatever. The ridiculous, ridiculous six. six. It was the most watched movie on Netflix. I mean, yeah, how much was the New York Times paid to put out a by pos- Netflix? A, a positive a like headline for this movie about Adam Sandler. Like that, or one percent or wrote it. Well, that's a, that's the only thing that really gets under my gills about Adam Sandler is like, oh, like we said, if you give him twenty million dollars, that movie would be so much better spent giving four auteurs five million dollars, and like two of them will hit. Two of them will probably like If you're going to do a deal with this, like give it to directors that know what they're doing and producers that care about film outside of just hanging out with their friends. I, I think that Netflix knows what they're doing and that none of us who are like very critical about film and dialogue and character development are their target audience. They That's a good point. They know what they're doing and they're probably not losing money on the Sandler deal, if I would guess. This is too smart of a movie to just... To quote smart, like, who is the demographic for this movie? Is that why it's lauded by some people? Because they're like, no one's going to get this, so we're going to say it's cool because no one else is going to say it's cool because it actually sucks. It's the Hail Mary. It's it's if you let Sandler do a ridiculous six and Stanley Wexler, give, you give me two, I'll give you one. This is his one. He's, he's playing for the Oscar and he, he swung and missed. In my opinion. Because you, I'm, I noticed that you said he's trying really hard when he was at a piano singing with his daughter. The whole team's Which is also hard. when we yeah. created the drinking game for the movie. <laughs> so, like, how do you marry those two things? I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one last thing. If you guys, like, if you guys wanted uh, Netflix to give the keys to a director... Uh, for like make like a series of movies, who would you guys want to see? Like maybe it's not like a huge director, but maybe that could like rise up through Netflix. Can you give me some specifics on the deal? Like how many how many films? Four movies. Four movies. Yeah, I'll go first. Twenty five million dollar budget apiece. I'll say just split that Jesus, up between <laughs> um, Justin Rowland and Dan Harmon. Ooh. And just make some animated shows. Make like an animated short thing that ends with like a Rick and Morty like standalone. Power piece or something. I'll give you five million for Jordan Peele. Five Ooh, million. Ooh, nice, nice. Five million for Taka Watiti, and I'll give ten million to Wes Anderson. Close the deal. Um, oh, you know I create videos too. Like you could. Mm, you can have a hundred bucks. Yeah. 
That'd be really good. Uh, Jordan Peele is... Yeah, uh, yeah, Jordan Peele. Jordan, five million yeah. to Jordan Peele, five million to Takawa Titi. The only one I'd add to that list is Jeff Nichols. A hundred bucks to Josh. <laughs> <laughs> I would give a lot of money to Jeff Nichols to see him make a Netflix movie with no studio interference whatsoever, but that's about it. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I'll say... Uh, George Lucas. God, Jorge no. Lucas. Say, uh, I like Pappy's choices. Those are some good choices, but I'll split that money up even more and say, Refn, Nicholas Winding oh, Refn. Oh, Drive? Yeah. Director of and, Drive, uh, yeah. We'll see what Villanueva can do with a very, very small budget. Yeah. He's used to the 150 million. Yeah. He's used to those big <laughs> budgets, but I'm sure he can pull something out of his ass for five. Even Prisoners was a huge budget. It's like an $80 million movie. Really? Yeah. Jeez. Well, is it Spoiler Man time? Give it to Spoiler Man. Wait, I think he wanted to talk about how our naming conventions on our oh, episode changed fuck. a little bit. Yeah, okay. So, there's no more minor spoilers if you're listening. The movie game is now called Movie Reviews, and then everything else is just spoilers, right? So oh, I'm glad we got that out. It's a really big deal. TVs. No more minors? No, it's just called spoilers, and everything else is the movie review. I enjoyed the minors. Okay. It's the same thing. But. We're, I mean, spoilers is on kind of a tear right now. Rest in peace, Noah Bachman's career. Spoilers <laughs> is on a tear. You might say it's lit, right? Spoiler man. Alright, I hit stop. (laughs) (laughs) If you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Please don't forget to leave us a review by searching for movie spoilers, clicking on the cereal bowl, select the reviews tab, and leave us some stars and some words. That was spoilers. a terrible movie. I'm glad we vented about that. Sad, sad, Any one of us could have made a better movie than that.